Good morning. Happy day after Memorial Day. It's Tuesday, May 30th. Uh, I'm live on YouTube. I got one of the things I was thinking about this weekend. Maybe I'll start doing themed podcasts where uh, I'll just quote The Office or Seinfeld since those are uh, or even um, Silicon Valley on HBO. Those are my three probably favorite shows. So maybe I'll do a themed podcast where all I do is fro- quote like Frank Costanza or uh, Michael Scott or even Dwight <laughs> um, or, you know, have that annoying sound when Bitcoin hits a certain sound off of, uh, off of Silicon Valley. But uh, if you guys didn't know, remember, uh, just on Wednesday of last week, uh, Kramer tweeted and said no side would agree. So he said we are headed for default. Uh, what a douche. Uh, rule number two is don't listen to Jim Cramer. Rule number one is don't listen to a douche on the internet. This douche said by TQQQ uh, on Friday at 32. Um, and TQQQ has absolutely gone insane. Uh, it has absolutely gone insane. Um, this bar that you see 28% means absolutely nothing. Uh, that was for for one month. You've blown that out of the water. But yeah, on Friday, uh, it was at 9.30. The low was 32.79. That's about where we opened up. This is a 6% candle on this stock. This is the four-hour algorithm. This is crazy good. Uh, the afternoon candle, eh, 0.29%. It all happened in the morning. So if you got in at 32 uh, on Friday <clears throat> while I was live on YouTube, or if you listened early, uh, kudos to you. Um, I'm going to start a newsletter, start subscribing, put your, uh, your email address in. I kind of realized over the weekend, um, listening to a half hour podcast and then retaining that might be difficult for some folks. So what I'm going to do is I'm probably just going to take the notes that I actually do and throw them into a newsletter so you guys can read it, get it in your email every morning. So there's a link tree down below. Uh, there is a link to just put your email address in there. I don't know how it works. It's on Substack, but I'll figure it out. It's the same thing as my weekly stock pick, um, and I'll just kind of mirror that one. So you'll get, you won't get a weekly one. You'll get a daily one. It'll be Monday through Friday. Um, but I'm just going to put my notes in for now. I'll develop a little format with some charts and stuff. So it, it'll be worth it to subscribe so that, that you have it. Um, because the past few days have been absolutely killer uh, for those people that were live on YouTube because we bought NVIDIA live on YouTube. I should have bought TQQQ live on YouTube on Friday, uh, but I was rushed out of here. I forget what I was doing on Friday, but I was definitely rushed out of here. Um, oh, I had lunch. I had lunch plans. Like I, I am going hiking today. So I had lunch today. But clearly with Kramer's tweet, uh, he's jumped the shark. He's uh, irrelevant. Absolutely out of control, just doesn't know what's going on. Um, clearly, he's just a douche and he's completely backing himself up that he never said it. It's a tweet, it lives in history. Um, so when I said by TQQQ, the reason was because I said more than likely we're going to have a debt ceiling agreement. Well, what happened? We have a debt ceiling agreement. Um, it, it is not an agreement that either party is like over the moon about, uh, it comes at compromise. And I think it's common sense compromise. I don't care which side of the aisle that you're on. Um, Muhammad Alarian was on CNBC this morning and quoting exactly the right thing. 
He said, it's not the agreement that I would have said we needed because we do need to cut spending. But the reality is any agreement is better than default. So what can you do with this? And eh, we'll talk about it a little bit. But the next steps for the debt ceiling are pretty tricky and could pose some volatility. Uh, both wacko sides on each party say it's crap. Um, the hope is that the middle comes together and that's what it seems like it's going to do. For me, and this is my thought only, I haven't heard anybody say this. I think we're in a time, it reminds me of the late 90s with Clinton and Newt Gingrich. They had to work together. Clinton knew that his legacy was going to be based on uh, getting things done. And it was clear that the Republican Party didn't want traditional things done. So Clinton had to move towards the center. Newt Gingrich, as a Speaker of the House, had to move towards the center as well. They got everything done that needed to get done to it in order to allow the boom of the dot-com. So if you remember late 90s, if we go back and we look at SPY, and I'm going to look at uh, monthly on SPY. Uh, let's go back to the late 90s on monthly. Um, do, 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 do. So here is, uh, let's see, if, does it go back this far? It does on monthly. Uh, 1996. This is when Clinton and, and, and Gingrich started working together. Simple as that. I mean, honestly, look at that. Spy was down at 46, and Spy got up to 150 by the year 2000. Uh, this was when Bush was in office, and we got to, you, you tripled your money in four years. Not doubled your money, which is typically over 10 years, but four years you tripled your money. Now, this isn't Bush's fault. We had 9-11. We had you know, a lot of stuff, but this is what's called the lost decade between 2000 and 2007, 2010. You basically, if you just held to 2000 until 2012, you really didn't make any money. There was nothing made. It was around 140. So that's the dangers of something like this happening. But here's the similarity. Back here, this was the dawn of the internet. And the internet was the hot thing. What do we have today? We have the dawn of artificial intelligence. So we have artificial intelligence propping this one up. Um, I think both of those things with a, a bipartisan, it, it, again, this would have to be McCarthy and Biden becoming friends. Biden is a natural moderate in the middle. Look at his, uh, his uh, Senate career. He moved more towards the middle many, many times. He uh, you know, stood over Clarence Thomas. I think he approved Clarence Thomas in the Senate. Um, but he went, you know, again, he is a middle guy. The reason he moved far left is because the Republicans wouldn't work with him. So he couldn't get anything done unless he went with his wacko party. So uh, I do think that, that we're in a, a particular situation where I think you can play AI the same way I played uh, .com back here. Now, I, I probably got out around you know, 2001, 2002. I think the 9-11, I readjusted. Um, around 2004, I saw, you know, Apple was really doing well and blah, blah, blah. But this is spy. And I think we could be in for the same kind of thing uh, if we have bipartisan agreement. So I, I want you to be aware of that. We finished the week off crazy good. We are super extended on spy. If I run the four hour algorithm on this one and you see spy, look at spy. 
I mean, the RSI is at 61. The MACD is above the, 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 uh, the oscillator line. So I, I don't want to say that, that we're super extended. The key point on SPY is going to be 420. 420, we've talked about it before, is the weekly uh, resistance level. And you can see back here in August, we bounced off that. Uh, back here in February, we bounced off that. Back here in April, we bounced off that. We're at that today. We closed at 416, 418. It's already changed. We're opening up at 422. Uh, or we might, might have closed at 420.02. But 420, old resistance turns into new support. If you can hold 420 and close above 420 this week, I think we could be in a, for the races on SPY. Super bullish. Super, super bullish. The Qs, same kind of thing. QQQ, uh, you're seeing the NASDAQ closed above 12,600. Uh, that was the level we said. If it closes above 12,600, then, then we're good. It closed at 12,975. So yeah, you're looking good on, on, on the triple Qs. And if you got in at 320, kudos to you. There's a gap here between 333 and 336. There is a gap down here between 300. Uh, the key level on the Qs is 350. We're opening up at 353. If you close this week above 350, we're off to the races. The problem is the RSI is at 79. The problem is the debt ceiling is not done. We still have to vote through it. It has to go through committee. There are a bunch of little things that happen. Uh, between QQQ and SPY, um, if you got into TQQQ on Friday, hold it. Just hold it. Today, it's doing well. If you want to trade it and you want to take your, your 20, 30% profit, I don't blame you. But I, I think Friday's play and last week was legendary. I mean, we had Palo Alto Networks. We had um, uh, NVIDIA, which is up over 400. I'll talk about that in the, last, uh, in the next thing. But we are super, super stretched. So be aware, old resistance becomes new support, but we are stretched. We are absolutely 100% stretched. Uh, some earnings this week, CRM. Uh, when do they report? Let me see. I know it comes out this week. It is do, 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 um, May 31st, post-market, so tomorrow. Tomorrow after the bell. This one has run. The RSI is up there. It's at 74 on the algorithm. 198, anything under 200 was great on this one. I don't cover it. I hold a small position. I think it's a couple thousand dollars. It's not a big position for me. Um, I do hold it, and I think the average price I have is about 210. So 219 wouldn't be crazy, but with the MACD up there and the RSI uh, at 73, I don't think you want to enter this one before earnings. CRM is not one necessarily about their revenue. It's going to be about the cost cutting. If you remember their last earnings, this one just shot up. Their last earnings, the buy was at 165. The next candle goes to 193. This was the surprise earnings. There were, I think, five or six uh, hostile investors and, and people you know, vying for uh, director's positions on the board. Um, they they kind of got shut down because they just basically cut costs enough. And so everything, you know, just realize half the guys in blue suits with brown shoes on the streets of New York City with American Express cards going into steakhouses work for Salesforce. They're sales guys. That's 100% what it is. You can see right after the earnings came out, 
it kind of came down here to 170. It almost filled that gap. Almost didn't. But I would expect the same kind of thing over this one. It's just not worth the risk in my mind. I think if you see it start to pop off, I think you can add a position. Here's the thing. If you want to get into CRM, I think today, anything under 220, add 10% of the lot size. So say you want $1,000, add $100 worth of, of CRM. So that, that's my guidance for this one. This one's a bit stretched. Now, if we want to talk about stretched and we want to talk about earnings, Broadcom, AVGO. Look at this rocket. I mean, that's just a God candle right there. This is, you know, 629 was the buy it, and you're at 851. 851. If we go over here to Finviz and we look up AVGO, the actual valuation is not crazy. Now, this is a valuation based on uh, Fridays at 812. You're at 851 here in the live market. So the valuation will have changed. Um, but the PE is 27. The forward PE is 18. So it's not crazy. It's up 45% year to date. Here's what you have to know. The average target price going into earnings is 701 and you're trading at 858. That does not include the Apple deal. It does not include several other deals that they have with, uh, manufacturers to provide chips. The 52-week range is between 415 and 814. You're again, you're trading at 851. So the last, uh, the last coverage was the benchmark company April 13th at 770. Look at these from you know just January 659, December 655. Crazy, crazy. The only insider stuff, all sales at 600s. You know, look at this guy, March 16th. The president and CEO sold $18 million, 214,000 shares. He had a pool in every house that he owns. I mean, he just put in like nine pools because he bought nine houses. That's essentially what that is. It's not a huge deal, but it's big enough now that it's 850. He may have known what was going on in March. So why do he sell that, that amount? I don't know. Something's going on. I wouldn't necessarily go into this one. But it does trade at a realistic valuation. So here's what you have to know. Good companies with good products, um, with good earnings uh, and good management, those are companies you want to invest in. This is a company that has all four. So I don't think if you buy, you know, say you buy today at 845, because it's come down a little bit, it's at 847. Say you buy at 845. I don't think in the long term, you're, you're hurt. This is a good company with good products, good management, and good earnings. I think you're fine. But I don't know that I'd risk it going into earnings today. That's the problem. If we look at a weekly on this one, this is one, again, if we go back to the theme, this is part of the AI revolution because it's chips. Just even on the weekly, the RSI is at 83. Um, you know, somebody asked me about SOXL um, earlier. And I said, XOXL, this is the chip one. Uh, and on the four-hour algorithm, it looks absolutely extended. It's at 2429. But here's what you have to know. Uh, if we are heading into a chip revolution where chips will make AI, you're not even at the 200-day on the long on the SOXL. Uh, the high was back here December 27th, January 5th, you know, 75. 74, 75, yeah, 74, 21 was the high. You're 24. 
but this is a decaying asset. Do you want to invest in this, which actually is just derivatives? It's basically trading options in order to get you a three times levered ETF. It does not own the shares. It trades them. So this isn't something that you want to invest in long term. Uh, similar to TQQQ, you don't want to invest in that long term. If you're going long term, you do QQQ. Uh, and, and speaking of QQQ, let me look at, let, let me show you this. This is a chart. Uh, QQQ year to date is up 31%. The Dow is down 0.11, the Dow. So if you're tied to the Dow, get the F out. Hop on the, 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 the AI train because the train has left the station. Uh, SPY is up 10%. You are not kind of upset at SPY. Yes, you have opportunity lost because the Qs are up three times that amount, but you're not lost. XLG, which is basically a growth fund. It's the uh, S&P top 50 XLG. It's an ETF. That's up 21%. It's clear the top 50 are driving this market, but the Qs is what's really driving the market. VGT, which is a Vanguard Information Trust, uh, Invesco QQQ, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Vanguard VGT, look it up. Uh, that is up 32%. So that's beating the triple Qs uh, just year to date. If we look at one year against all of these, um, one year, uh, the Qs, oh, let's wait for it to draw. Oh, it stopped and screwed up. We'll go back to that one, maybe at a later date. But I, I just want to warn you about SOXL. Uh, I would go AVGO if you're going chips. Find your favorite chip maker. Uh, my three are AMD, um, uh, NVIDIA, and Qualcomm. And the reason Qualcomm is because it's been beaten up. This one's up 4% today. Uh, this one is just un unbeknownst to me why it's beaten up. This is a $120 stock. You're trading at $115. You were down here at $105. Remember those days just 10 days ago? You're at 105, and I said, yeah, buy Qualcomm at 105. Eh, you're at 115 now. Great, great return. Um, there is an interesting one that I noticed. Capri Holdings, they have earnings this week. And this was brought up <clears throat> um, on CNBC. Capri earnings, uh, post earnings today, or I'm sorry, tomorrow pre-market. CPRI, this is a company, I, I always think of Capri Pants. Those are the pants with, that are like flood water pants. Um, uh, CPRI, there we are. Uh, and it's it, luxury goods. Its PE is seven, forward PE of six. It's down 30% year to date. The most recent uh, uh, coverage, downgrade Barclays, overweight, $46 price target. It's trading at 39. Here's what you have to know. Look at this. March 17th, the CEO, uh, buys on March 16th, he buys 240,000 shares, $10 million at $41. There's only one reason the CEO buys at $41 in the middle of March. Something's going on here. He believes in this stock at $41, $10 million worth. So I, I found that interesting. They're report, reporting tomorrow. Uh, it's trading right now at $40.34. The algorithm had you buy in at $38.31. So you're up nearly 10%. If you followed this one on the algorithm, I particularly don't, but I found it interesting. Uh, the other interesting one is Palantir. Now, we had a bunch of people go into Palantir 
at like the $8 range. I told you guys you were crazy. It was covered here at $7.82 right before earnings. Uh, and boom, earnings took you off. You have now officially doubled your money. If you bought in the $7 range, you're at $14.45. In pre-market, you were at like $15 or $16. So you're completely covered on this one. Um, the RSI is at 85. Um, the MAGD is higher than it's ever been. Higher <laughs> uh, than it's ever been. Um, Joe uh, Guy Adami picked this one as his final pick, uh, final trade on Friday. Um, I think I'm going to buy it here at 14. In my particular opinion, this is a $200 stock. If we look at the weekly, you can clearly see it doesn't even have a 200 day. It's still that new. But if you're looking for uh, kind of bumps here, I think this first bump here at 15, I think that's clearly a support level with multiple candles. Um, if we just point this one, uh, we're going to start here. And you cover right there at about you know, 15 bucks. I think that, that's the first, if you hold above 15, uh, or I'm sorry, 14, 14, say 14.50. If you hold above 14.50, I think that creates the new support level. Um, and I think if you dip below the 14.50, you buy it. I think above it, you sell it. But Palantir is absolutely, Brandon bought it. I think Sherry bought it. I mean, kudos to you guys. Kudos to you guys. It's great. Uh, my weekly stock pick, he picked Microsoft. And it is trading near 52-week highs. If we go over here and we put in Microsoft, um, uh, its 52-week range is between 213 and 333. It's trading at 334. He completely says that. Uh, my weekly stock has an algorithm. Uh, I trust him. He is down this, this year, year to date so far. Um, but he's been right about Microsoft for the last three weeks. I mean, this one has continued to climb even though I thought it didn't have a chance. Here's my thought on this. Um, MSFU. MSFU is a 1.5 times uh, levered ETF on Microsoft. This is not like buying Microsoft. Do not think that you're investing in Microsoft if you get M MSFU. But if you get MSFU, um, there's MSFD which is uh, Microsoft Bear. This is one and a half times. So if you think Microsoft is trading at 52-week highs and you think it's got to go down, MSFD is your play. If you think it's going to go up, I think you use the, uh, the, the My Weekly Stock Pick to basically lever yourself one and a half times. I think that's the good play. Uh, we talked about Ford. Uh, last week, they signed an agreement with Tesla. Uh, Ford, they just got an upgrade with a $15 price target. Um, a $15 price target. Now, here's the thing. $15.88 is the 52-week high. You're 19% off your 52-week high right now. Um, it was Jeffrey's hold to buy. I'm sorry, it's a $16 price target. Your average price target is $13.29. You're trading right now at $12.09. At $11, I said this was a great buy. Here's my thought on Ford. Um, let's see if there's any insider. Eh, nobody's really doing anything. Options exercise for a million bucks. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Um, Ford signed an agreement with Tesla. Uh, as a EV owner, the only reason I will not buy anything other than Tesla is because Tesla has the charging network. What did Ford do? They're now going to allow their vehicles, they're going to manufacture their vehicles based on the Tesla charging standard. If you know anything about cars, 
Electrify America, and I think it's CCS. Um, that is what GM, Ford, and every other car maker uh, made their cars to be. And it's a standard that, you know, the, the actual uh, connector is like a freaking basketball. Um, the, the, the Tesla connector is like a racquetball. So imagine that, trying to plug that in. You know, late at night, you're kind of tired, you get to a charger, you're driving, and you got to plug in a fucking basketball versus a racquetball. The Tesla one is 100% better. Um, they haven't had fires. There were some concerns about uh, fires and, and the, the transfer in that small little coil. The engineering team at Tesla is unmatched. Unmatched. So I think Ford, you can see the pop in Ford. Um, it's up there with that $16 price raise. Uh, right now, you have a red candle because it opened at twelve sixty four. dollars uh, It right now is at twelve fifty five, So it's on its way down. It probably may come down here to twelve twenty four. You're just above the 200-day. Uh, I think if you can get this in the 11s, I think that's a good buy. They have a problem with some of their cost stuff. Now, who doesn't have a problem with some of their cost stuff is Tesla. If Tesla becomes the standard then every other electric car manufacturer here in the U.S. is going to have to manufacture and pay them a licensing fee. So now this becomes an actual revenue source. So when we talked about uh, Tesla down here at 163 that I didn't think it was going to cover down to 146 and people started buying at 168, you're welcome. Give your boy a tip. <laughs> That's all I ask. Give your boy a tip. Um, because you're up over 200 at this point, I think you can think about pulling the trigger. If this isn't a long term for you, then think about pulling the trigger on this one and maybe selling it. You can see the key gap here as we're on our way up is between 258 and 265. I think the resistance level is going to be about 210. You're at 202. If you want to trim and take some profits between 202 and 210. I think you're okay. I personally, I still don't have a stake in this one. I have missed out on so many effing runs on this one. It's ridiculous. If you just listen to my algorithm, here's the thing. Two years ago, if you bought Tesla and you held it, you're down 4% if you just bought and held. Using my algorithm, you're up 68%. Your average win is 18%. That's where we're at here, 163 to 202. So take your average win, be happy, and buy in again under 200. That's my, my guidance. NVIDIA is now a trillion-dollar company. Uh, we talked about this one last week uh, before earnings. I said this gap, if you close the week above this gap, we're off to the races. Uh, you clearly close the week above this gap. Uh, you're at 413 now. Uh, before earnings, we were talking about how it dipped down. Look at how it dipped down last earnings and then it popped up. Look at how it dipped down here and then it popped up. Just buy it. Honest to God, at 413, it is still not an expensive stock because their earnings were that good. It's still not an expensive stock. You are at all-time highs. Um, there is nothing going back to this one. The 52-week range, you're right at the top. The 50, In fact, the 52-week range on Finviz, 394. You're trading at 413 right now. It's up 177%. Say you took your entire portfolio and put it into NVIDIA in January. You're up 177%. Effing Christ. That's just crazy. 
crazy good. Average target price, 435. So buy at 414 and your average target price is still 435. My algorithm doesn't do as well as the stock because the stock's just been on a legendary run. So in my mind, I think you're in Apple territory here. If you can get it under 400, grab it under 400. 400 is the new uh, pivot point on this one. 300 up until like, you know, what, two days ago was the pivot point. It's now 400. So if you can get it under 400, I wouldn't buy into this rally. Uh, that ex-dividend date is not a huge kind of catalyst. The dividend is 0.04. So don't look at that one as a catalyst. Uh, the RSI is at 84. I've never seen something this high. Uh, you've got crazy, crazy um, you know, resistance up here. So I, I don't know that people are taking profits, though. It's just that good of a stock. Netflix, they announced um, last week, and I brought this up and I'm going to hammer this home, that they are cracking down on passwords. I don't know who over the, the Memorial Day weekend got the, the notification. I did not. My family did not. But Netflix is up because they announced they're cracking down on passwords. Two earnings ago, um, the CEO said for every one paid household, they had five households using it. If they get one out of four, What's that, 25% increase in users? It's not quite 24% or 25% increase in revenue because it is going to be at a lower revenue point. But that's huge. That's all money that they were essentially throwing away. Here's the other thing, and I brought this up last week as well. Uh, I don't think that you buy this today at 390. I think you look for this one coming back down to about the 360 level. Um, I think it's hyped. I think we get, I just, Again, this one is just crazy, crazy good. But if we look at a weekly on this one, we haven't even touched the 200-day, the, the which is at about 400. So if you want to buy a 380, I don't think you're doing yourself any disfavor. This was a $700 stock back here in November 2021. Good companies with good earnings, with good management and good products they get back to the stock price they were at. That's a little bit extended, but they're making money. Not only are they going to crack down on passwords and, and basically make people pay, but with the writer strike, they're going to spend less. So they're going to try and find new kind of reality programming to put in there. There's rumors that they may find some international sports programming to do some live stuff. This is all good news for Netflix. Netflix will figure it out. Good companies with good earnings and good products and good management make you money. So Netflix, I don't think you're crazy for getting into this one. I personally haven't gotten into this one. I've had several times that I said we should get into this one. It's just been a great one. Uh, Trevor from Facebook. If you guys don't know, the Facebook group is private. You can post in there and I'll look at stocks for you. He says, McDonald's looking solid. What do you guys think? Decent dividend and all above. Uh, uh, the 200 day, except for 2020. Um, here's a good one. So this is an interesting one. McDonald's has not participated. Uh, they don't make chips. They make hamburgers and fries. But McDonald's has not participated. But you did have this 10% run from March 16th all the way back here. If we pull this volume uh, back to kind of up here, where are people holding? Look at the, the solid level that we have at 294. People are holding on to this just under 300. 
Um, you got close to 300 and it kind of rejected at 300. I don't think it ever went above 300. Let's say, uh, let's go to the fundamentals because I'm going to look at this anyway. The 52-week range between 230 and 298. So 300, it rejected. Its PE is 30. The forward PE is 23. That is super expensive for a restaurant. But McDonald's is doing things well. Their ex-dividend date is coming up June 2nd. They have a 2.13% dividend. It's pulling back my guess, Trevor. And again, this is just a guess. You're seeing it continuing. It doesn't have confirmation yet. You're continuing to go down. I don't want to time the bottom. Uh, I would think that the 200-day, it would come down here to 277. But these volume levels up here, you just don't have a supporting volume level. The, the big supporting volume level is 281. If you cross below that 281, I think you go down here to 271. It's not big, big amounts of money. Your RSI is at 32. Remember I said, uh, you know, the RSI on um, NVIDIA was 80 something. This one's oversold. But I don't, I, my, my guidance for you would be don't try and time it. Wait for the confirmation. The four-hour algorithm is, is good. If you wanted to day trade McDonald's, which isn't always great because it's not a super volatile stock, um, but the 65-minute the, the candle, this algorithm, it has you out as well. Um, the 65-minute the over 1,000 candles, that's eight months, it makes you 7%. So not bad. Your asset, though, if you bought it and held it for eight months, you're up 21%. So I think this is more of a long-term than it is a trade stock. And for that reason, I would say wait until you have um, uh, more of a, uh, a confirmation on the four-hour. Um, because I just, with that volume level, the way, the way that it is, uh, with it just being up over the 200-day, even if we look at the weekly, um, you know, the weekly, you're still way up there. Uh, look at how far it is over the 200-day. And a couple of times it's come down close to that. If you come down close to the 200-day, you're at the 250 level. And so I don't think you're doing yourself any disfavor because good companies with good products, good leadership, um, and good earnings, which McDonald's is, uh, they're going to continue to grow. I just don't want to see you buy it close to its 52-week high at 285, only thinking that 290 is kind of in the cards for this year. So that would be my thing. Let's talk about banks. DPST. I told you kind of hold off on this one. Uh, it's been a sinking knife. Uh, it had DPST had a buy in here at three ninety six. You're at five dollars and twenty cents. This was back here on May twelfth. So DPST. It's a three times levered bank ETF. Uh, this one is going into a reverse split ten for one. Remember, I talk about these triple levered ETFs. The way they get uh, stay in the market is when they get down here into single digits in the dollar amounts, they do a 10 for one reverse split. So you can never get your money back. It's a decaying asset. If you are at 396 right here, I would say sell for your gain at 520. I don't think that the regional banks are in any danger anymore, uh, but I do think that that 10 for one is going to take a hit. You're just never going to get up as high as you will because that 10 for one, it's going to be up in the $20 range. People are going to think it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. The one that I said to buy at, in the 40s um, and hold, you're at 5341 right now, Schwab, S-C-H-W, Schwab. Uh, honest to God, if you want to buy it here, the CEO bought a shit ton of it, around $5, 6000000 worth at 59. There were a ton of insider buys. 
It's not a bad bank. This is a $65 bank. At, at minimum, it's a $65 bank. The, the banking operations of this are $2 billion. And if we go over here and we look, and I'll go over this again. I, I pound it into your heads. The, the market cap of this is $98 billion. The banking portion is $2 billion. It will not take this bank down. If this bank gets taken down, they can sell the rest of their business to uh, JP Morgan, to uh, Goldman Sachs. Those guys would be dying to get the, uh, the, the, the people that are in uh, uh, Schwab. So do your best on that one. Let's take a look. Here's what I want to show you. Oxy. Uh, let's go over here. We'll do Oxy over here because all you guys can see it. Not everybody can see TrendSpider. Even though TrendSpider has all of this information, I wanted to show you uh, insider buys. Look, May 18th, May 17th, May 16th, May 15th, May 12th, May 11th, May 20, March 27th. He took April off, but I, Berkshire Hathaway is buying 46 million, 21 million, 58 million. 94 million, 36 million, 70 million at 58 and 59 dollars. Where's it trading today? Let's go to the videotape. Occidental Petroleum. It is trading at 58.25. It's not too late to get in. Buffett is buying this like no tomorrow. It, he's a 25 percent owner at this. They're just buying it whenever they can. They believe in this one. Uh, Buffett has a long-term history. I think, I, you know, again, if Buffett's buying it, I'm buying it. I'm holding this one. I say the swing is 60. Anything under 60, buy it. Anything over 60, you got your chance to sell it. Decent, decent play that way. Uh, let's talk about AI. C3 AI. This is one where Hindenburg Research came out and they said this, this thing is absolute junk. Do not get into AI. And this was where it was trading, I think, at about um, 30. And then they came out with the short. You could have gotten this May 1st, beginning of the month, at 1843. That was where the algorithm said, hey, you've got confirmation. Buy it at 1843. It went down to 1679. So, yeah, you lost some money in the short room. You're at $37 right now. This is how strong AI is. Their earnings are coming up. Um, on, let's see, May 31st, post-market. I wouldn't expect them to be a pop. Hindenburg Research said it's a total scam. They don't have, you know, uh, the, 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 this was a blockchain company that when AI became popular, they just basically said, you know what? Now we're an AI company. And they changed the symbol to AI. So be aware, find out what you're investing in. And if you, if you want to look at it, you just go into Finviz, type in AI. You can Google Hindenburg Research AI, but you can go back here and just look at Hindenburg Research. Um, we can look at, you know, bull versus bear. Um, you know, just look at it down here somewhere. Uh, but look, I mean, you got all sales. There's no buys. Not like the CEO is buying. <laughs> um, you know, unlike Occidental, which... Warren Buffett is buying a ton of, but yeah, I'm not a big fan. If you've seen this, uh, this CEO interviewed, he's kind of a douche. I mean, he's a boomer. He talks about a Google search box for AI. I don't believe that he knows even what he's talking about. Um, AI is not a Google search back box. AI 
Um, go to chat GPT, type, try and type in something that you would type into Google. It doesn't know what you're talking about. It's a conversation. It's not a Google search box. It's not basically providing you just information. AI is about actually doing tasks for you. So understanding that is key. I don't think the CEO understands key. So I wouldn't invest in AI. That's just my personal opinion. Scans. We talked about, uh, CRM. And so, you know, anybody that's new that's listening, this is where I go over, hey, here's our bullish setups. Uh, CRM, it had a cross-up. It's a secondary cross-up. Your initial cross-up was at 198.72. 216 going into earnings. I would be very careful. Uh, I do think that these guys have the clout to actually pop on earnings, um, meaning that if they just cut costs, I think you're going to see it pop even higher. Um, but I think it is uh, a bit extended, so be careful. Amazon, a second cross-up. Um, the initial buy was 106. I told you guys under 100. Absolutely buy it. If you bought at 100, you're up 20%. I mean, you know, you could have followed the, the algorithm here. But if you just bought at 100, uh, if you bought back here in December at 83, kudos to you. You're up 40%. I mean, I, you know, kudos. Amazon. It's just a no-brainer. They don't have a demand problem. They just have a cost problem. That's it. QCLN, which is one of my personal ETFs, cross-up. Uh, it's a secondary cross-up. Initial cross-up here was 45. Everything's going up. This is a clean energy. This is basically solar renewable energy. I own it. Um, I will show you how badly it is performing from the long term. Uh, it is in this descending wedge. It got way up here at 87. I've lost 57%. My average buy-in is way down here at like 19. Is it going back down to 19? No. I'll add to it. I probably should start selling it, but it's in a retirement account. I don't look at it much. I just kind of buy it and forget about it. You know what else had a cross-up? Costco. This was a killer, killer recommendation from last week. I said buy it before its earnings under 500. I thought 486 wasn't a bad price. I thought it could go down if they had a bad uh, retail earnings, but they're due for a membership price increase. They had a huge upgrade last week. Uh, I think it was Jeffries. Let me look real quick. Um, they put a, uh, well, William Blair outperformed. I guess it's not there. But the average target price is 545 and you're trading at 508. I don't know that I buy it here at 504, um, but I think you wait for it to go under 500. And I do think that you test those 5, 520, 530, 550 marks. Uh, V-O-O-O, V-O, <laughs> two O's, V-O-O, this is an S&P tracking fund. It is good. Um, uh, I would probably look at some of the other S&P tracking funds, uh, like, uh, let's see, V, uh, XLG is a good one. That's a spider fund, V-U-G, which is the growth. Um, but V-O-O had a cross up. It's a secondary cross up. You've broken out, out of this ascending triangle. So I, I do think that you have a good um, a good move there. SPXL, which is a three times triple levered ETF, has a buy at 77.05. If you think we hit that 420 level on SPY and we're going to continue up and we're going to use that as support, 77.05 doesn't look too bad. You're in this ascending wedge. It's just breaking out above it. SPXL, there are tons of those. UPRO, which is an ultra pro S&P 500. This is a triple levered one too. Has a cross up here of 4057. Like I said, there's tons of these out there. Uh, XLG, which is a um, the Invesco top 500. 
uh, I'm sorry, this is the S&P 500 top 50. The top 50. This was outperforming um, uh, the, the uh, S&P uh, by a lot. Uh, double, I think the S&P year-to-date is up 10%. This one's up 20%. Lowe's had a cross-up. They had good earnings. And it, uh, I'd wait for it to get under 200 again. I think you'll have an opportunity to get it under 200. 206.52 is the buy-in. I just don't think, you know, it's not super like, you know, hey, you've got to get into this. Home Depot, same thing. I think Home Depot in a great economy is a $300 stock. It has a cross-up here at 292. You're under the 200-day. You're only going to 300. Eh, it's not super exciting, but if you want to, you know, invest long-term, if you're a contractor and you use Home Depot, get Home Depot. Um, Delta Airlines has a cross-up. It's a secondary cross-up. Your initial cross-up was here at 33. If you're here at 36, you got your 10%. Airlines, I don't like them long-term, so trade them. That's just my take. Wayfair, which was a pandemic winner and a post-pandemic loser, has a cross-up here at 36.41. I almost bought stuff off of Wayfair. Uh, you're trading at 38.65. You've got a gap up here at 46. You could be going for that gap. You don't have a catalyst. You're losing less money, but you're still losing. Remember, good companies with good products, good management, and the key, good earnings. This does not have good earnings, so it's three out of the four. Uh, I don't think it's a bad bet, but eh, I don't know. Uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin ETHE has another cross up. Uh, this one at $8.15. This one, the, the one last week, $8.28, got you out with a loss. Make sure your stops are tight on these. I just don't like holding these. The GBTC as well. Uh, eBay had a cross up. I almost bought something off of eBay this weekend, so I bring up eBay. Um, $44.38 is the cross up. It's trading at $43.93. I'm not a huge fan of eBay. Um, I just don't, I don't shop there enough. I know, uh, uh, particularly, um, Adidas sells a lot of their stuff fast and all company fast. This has a cross up at 5514. I don't know enough about this company to talk about it. It's in the NASDAQ 100. Uh, it's all time, uh, high was 63 back here. So I, I do think that you have some upside to it. It's just kind of holding on. I, I, in my mind, I think you wait for these times where it hits the 200-day at 48 and you trade this one. But if you know anything about the company, you can do it. There are three or four um, Vanguard entries. I'll put those in the private Facebook group. Uh, let's talk about ads, uh, supporters. If you uh paying more than $25 a month for your phone service, visible service is available. There's a link down below. Your first month is $20 off. So you get $20 off of $25. I have visible service myself, have never had a problem with it. Get 50 to 100 megs per second, which is perfectly fine for streaming. It is unlimited for $25, $25. So I know T-Mobile, it's like $40, $45. Um, you know, I think Xfinity is somewhere around $30. This is $25 and your first month is $20 off. So it costs you no money, $5, less than lunch. Uh, to try it out. Click on the link below. You can try it alongside your current service. You know, if you have a SIM card in there, you could do do eSIM on Visible, uh, which is what I do. I have an iPhone. I don't think the iPhone 14 even has a SIM card. So if you have one of those new iPhones and if you have a, if you have a, a Android phone, what, what's going on in your life? Again, your boy is long Apple. Understand Apple is the future. Uh, I, I read a ton of articles about, um, there was research about uh, uh, how people are switching from Android over to uh, 
uh, Apple and not the other way around. Nobody goes from Apple to Android. Uh, next uh, uh, sponsor is Trendspider. I'll go to the Apple chart. This is my algorithm, four-hour algorithm. It acts way faster. I mean, twice as fast as a daily. Um, it has, you know, uh, the the volume weighted here. Um, I have the RSI, the MACD. Essentially, if you sign up for Trendspider using the link below, I give you access to my four-hour algorithm. I give you access to my 65-minute algorithm, which can be used as a J-trading tool. Um, you have all unusual options activity, seasonality, insider buys. Uh, you have alerts. What I love about Trendspider personally is that I don't have to sit there and watch charts. Say I want Apple under 170. Well, I'll just set an alert for under 170. Say I want to know when the fifth, the golden cross happens, the 50 day crosses the 200. Look at that golden cross right here. Where were you trading? You were trading at 150. I said, get this at 140. I said, get this at 130. I said, get this at 120. Hopefully people load it up. But TrendSpider is my tool. I'm going out hiking today. I've got alerts. If I get an alert, I just go back in and I buy it on my mobile phone. I know exactly where my price is. I know where to buy it. I know where to sell it. So I set it up in TrendSpider. TrendSpider texts me when that happens. It's great. I love it. Uh, the link down below, DSP25, saves you 25%. There was just a 50% off sale over the weekend. You don't have access to that anymore. So if you want to know when the 50% sales are, uh, sign up for uh, either my newsletter um, either the, the Facebook private group that's down below, Instagram, Twitter, any of those, I'll send it out to you, um, when there's 50% off, but you get a free seven day trial, 25% off. Um, it's about $400 a year. You need the elite level service that provides back testing, which is what's called the strategy tester. And that's where my algorithms sit. So I, everybody that's used it in the Facebook group has absolutely loved it. Um, it's changed everybody's game. I understand that some people just can't afford it. Understand, if you don't have a uh, portfolio where you're trading at least $5,000, at least $10,000, whatever you feel comfortable for, $400 is a lot of money. It's the, basically the price of an Xbox these days. Uh, if you think you're going to get more value out of a video game system, fantastic. If you think you can use this to actually make money, which I do, I think you can buy your Xbox within one year, <laughs> probably within one month with the way NVIDIA and, uh, you know, uh, Palo Alto Networks and all this stuff's going. I mean, Apple's up 1.2% today. So the only bad one is Cleveland Cliffs. Ah, that's still getting killed. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up on any of the socials. Um, I will talk to you guys later. I'm going hiking. Yeah.